Welcome. Today we are at the Helen Keller Birthplace in Tuscumbia, Alabama. And I am here with Lynn Weaver, docent and hostess here. How long have you been working at? At least 20 years. 20 years. Okay. Wow. I'm so excited. Thanks so much for having me here today. Thank you. Agreeing to uh, be on my live podcast. And um, so tell me something about the birthplace of Helen Keller. Well, this house is 200 years old this year. It was built in 1820 by Helen's grandparents. David and Mary Keller came from Virginia bought 640 acres and built their home. They named it Ivy Green because of the English ivy growing everywhere when they arrived. Oh, that's, awesome. that's right. Yeah. Uh, we're on 10 acres today, so it looks quite different, uh, but uh, they would have had barns, gardens, orchards, outbuildings, farm animals. Everything was made, raised, or grown right here on the property. Okay. 85% is original because it stayed in the family. That's wonderful. Even a lot of original clothing, you'll see Helen's clothing. Yeah, did they grow cotton? They did, it was a cotton plantation. Okay, so, um, well Helen is just a fantastic inspiration and humanitarian and her life story is just incredible. And, um, and Sullivan as well, and of course, Miracle Worker movie and, so, what must it have been like in 1880? She was born in 1880, yes. right? Yes, okay. mm-hmm. she was born June 27, 1880. Okay, and when did she meet Ann Sullivan? She was almost seven, three months before turning seven when Ann came here. Uh, Helen was born a healthy, normal child. She could see and hear. At 19 months, she got very sick and the high fever that she ran left her deaf and blind. More modern doctors said that was probably scarlet fever, but uh, in the time period, the doctors said it was acute congestion of the brain and stomach. Okay, and then where where was Anne from? Anne uh, was uh, from Massachusetts. She actually had a very sad background. Her family were very poor Irish immigrant potato farmers. And her mother died young of tuberculosis, which was rampant. And she and her little crippled brother, Jimmy, were taken to a poorhouse and left. Uh, It was a terrible, uh, really inappropriate place for two children. And her little brother didn't survive long. And that that bothered Annie the rest of her life. Uh, Annie had always had eye infections, but since there was no money for medicine, it had been ignored. And the poorhouse was very unsanitary. What she had was trachoma, and that's caused from bacteria. Okay. So Annie was going blind, more and more blind every year. Wow, wow. And and how did she come from the East Coast to Alabama? Well, when Annie was 14 years old, she begged some visitors at uh, the poorhouse to please let her get out and go to school somewhere. She said, I want to learn to read. And by then, she had lost so much of her sight, it was Perkins School for the Blind. So she had just graduated, uh, actually was valedictorian of her class, even as behind as she was when she arrived at age 14. 
And while she was at Perkins, they did surgeries on her eyes, okay. which helped, but she was still legally blind when she came here. But the Kellers had been searching for help ever since Helen's illness and finally were advised to take her to see a Dr. Chisholm in Maryland. Although he couldn't help Helen, he gave the family some good advice. He said, take Helen to see Alexander Graham Bell. Wow, mm -hmm. that's a connection. That is. <laughs> uh, so the six-year-old Helen met him, and they were lifelong friends. Oh, that's great. <laughs> he, he was actually a teacher of the deaf. Okay. That's why the doctor advised the family to take Helen to see him. Now, then you said you were a teacher, too. Right. Right? Right. So there's always great teachers out there, right? Well, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so that's really fascinating. So I wonder if... Um, if Helen influenced some of his inventions and, uh, you know, his, his, his uh, I don't know, you know, we, you know, we think of him as the man who invented yeah. the telephone, which of course he did, but he had even married one of his students. Working with deaf people was what he enjoyed more than anything. Wow. And uh, so um, I don't know about Helen influencing him, but I think they both influenced each other. Right, right. Okay, so... Um, so Ivy Green is in uh, Tuscumbia, Alabama, and um, what was 1880s, early 1900s Tuscumbia kind of like? Well, it was it was very rural South, uh, and you can imagine uh, when Annie came here, uh, this was like a big farm, you know, with uh, animals and barns and gardens and orchards. Uh, uh, quite different from the busy Boston area that she had come from. <laughs> she probably wondered, you yeah. know, what she'd gotten herself into. Yeah. Uh, exactly. That time, Boston was bustling with new business. That's right. And this was real country. That's right. Uh, Alexander Greenvale had told the Kellers about Perkins and to and advise them. Uh, write a letter, maybe someone from Perkins would come to your home in Tuscumbia. And so, see, Annie had graduated and needed a job, so she was willing to get on the train and come here. Okay. And that's how she arrived. Uh, the Kellers paid her $25 a month plus room and board. Okay. And that was actually a very good income yeah, at that time. Period. Sure, sure. And uh, kind of a traveling teacher. That's right. Or at least to get down here. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. So so Helen and Annie were companions and friends for how long? Fifty years. Fifty years. Annie That's stayed her friend. whole life with Helen. Yeah. 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 She, she was a twenty when she came here. And I read that um that Helen visited thirty nine countries. We have a list of thirty nine countries that we know Helen visited. Uh, Helen had eventually become a counselor for the American Foundation for the Blind, and that's the job that uh, sent her all over the world on behalf of that organization. Well, and the, the Institute for the Blind, is that here too? We do have a blind school here. Okay. okay. Uh, the Talladega School for the Blind in Alabama is the most famous okay. uh, for Alabama. But okay. we do have a was she critical in the development of that and how she was and then all over it you know almost I guess every state probably now has blind schools uh, and uh, of course Helen's name always comes up right uh, when right. those schools are mentioned why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about the festival the summer festival that happens 
When? Okay. <laughs> well, Helen's birthday is June 27th, so every summer around her birthday, we have a Helen Keller Festival. And it's very nice, uh, all sorts of entertainment, uh, and we have a beautiful park here in Tuscumbia Spring Park. And yes. Arts and crafts and music and car shows and uh, runs and uh, golf challenges. There's a lot of activities for a whole week around her birthday. But we do the Miracle Worker play every summer here on the grounds. Okay. And that's for six weekends, every Friday and Saturday night, beginning the first weekend in June through the middle of July. Okay. And so, how long is the play? It starts at 8 every night. Mm -hmm. It's over by 10. Okay. And it's on the grounds here where it actually happened, where Helen learned her first word water. And is there refreshments so um, people can either eat here or do they bring a picnic or? We have a concession stand, so there are choices of things to eat and drink at the concession stand. And we do have short intermission in the middle of the play, so you can do that. So how much are tickets for uh, the uh, festival and play? Okay. Well, the festival is uh, free. Uh, there are, there's a small admission to get into the music park, about $5 a person oh, is all. That's wonderful. And uh, the play tickets are $15 to have a reserved seat and $10 if you want to sit on the bleacher seats. Okay. But they're all good seats. Excellent. So, um, walk me through kind of a tour. If someone uh, comes to Ivy Green to visit, uh, they would meet a docent like right. yourself, and then what would, where would you take them? We take them to, uh, we start at the front door by the family pictures, and we tell them all about Helen's mother and father. The family first. That's right, <laughs> and uh, a little bit about the house and the history. Uh, about the original floors and the handmade nails and the 85% original furnishings and the clothing. Oh, that so, turn of the century oh, architecture yeah. is just amazing. I love driving through here and seeing all the little cottage houses still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of 1800s homes yeah. in Tuscumbia. Yeah. And then we go from room to room and tell them a little bit about all the furnishings and uh, okay. also the whole time about Helen and her education. Uh, Helen and Annie spent two years learning everything she could teach her at home, and then they went back and forth to Perkins School for the blind together. They went to a uh, girls' school called Cambridge School for Girls in oh, Massachusetts. Okay. And then I know where that is. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I went to college in Rhode Island. Oh, so, um, yeah. Okay. Well, then Helen. I did not know Helen had anything to do with Oh, yeah, she did. Uh, <laughs> Helen graduated from Radcliffe College, which was the sister school to Harvard. Sure. And uh, graduated in four years with honor. Wow. Amazing. Yes, yes. Uh, so she did so many first. Yeah. Yeah, she really was um, a pioneer for, uh, for women and women humanitarianism and really speaking out and Absolutely. I love reading more about um, her efforts for uh, human rights that's right and um, really incredible and she seemed to have that uh, spunky spirit that Anne did I agree. <laughs> so. I agree when Helen was 10 she decided she wanted to speak with her voice like everyone else 10 so when was she she first met Anne when she was Three months before turning seven okay. when Annie came. And the event at the pump that changed Helen's life happened very quickly. It was just one month and two days after Annie arrived. 
See, Annie would give her objects, let her feel of the object to identify it, and then she would name the object using the manual al alphabet where she spelled in Helen's hand. Sure, sure. Helen was so smart, she quickly caught on to the spelling and was spelling the words right back to Annie. <laughs> <laughs> but Helen thought it was a game they were playing. It didn't mean anything until they got to the pump that's still in the backyard. And when she felt the water flowing over her hands with any spelling, W-A-T-E-R, over and over, she later wrote that it brought back a flash memory of Wawa from 19 oh, months. wow. And that one little memory pretty much changed her life. Triggered, triggered others. Yes. Yeah. She learned 30 words that first afternoon. Wow. Yes. That's super impressive. Helen was very intelligent. By end of summer, she knew 625 words and had started learning how to read Braille. But that's, I mean, that's super incredible. Um, I, I remember seeing uh, The Miracle Worker, the movie, um, when I was younger, and then again, I was telling my daughter on the way over here that um, Patty Duke played Helen Keller, and then later on, she played Annie, so she, she, didn't. she was the whole... She, did, uh, she actually had. She actually came to Ivy Green several she times. Did. She loved Ivy Green, and said playing those two parts changed her life. I bet. I bet. Um, just an absolute miracle that um, that she wanted to have a voice, and it's incredible that she had not just a, a physical voice, but she also had a voice for um, the unspoken. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Really. Helen, at age 10, decided she wanted to talk like everyone else. So Helen and Annie went to the Horace Mann School for the Deaf in Boston, and the principal, Sarah Fuller, gave them lessons on the vibration method of speaking. Helen would feel against the teacher's throat, against the teacher's nose, her lips, and literally her tongue movements for every sound. Wow. wow. And somehow Helen was smart enough to put all that together, and she would utter the sound she felt because she wasn't hearing anything. Right. And when she said it correctly, they could spell and tell her, and then she would practice it over and over and over and over until she memorized how she did her mouth to make every sound. And so Helen learned to talk. And just imagine, she gave talks and speeches all over the world without ever hearing herself. Yeah, that is really incredible. It is. Just to not know your own voice. That's right. Yeah, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So this is um, also an education museum, so schools can come to visit here as well. We lots and lots of school groups. And they can come and see everything in the house and all the outbuildings as well. And we go out and talk to the whole group and tell them all about Helen and Annie and, and that uh, the life at, in 1820, and, <laughs> which is yeah. very different for them today. Yes, yes. And, no uh, one has a cell phone? <laughs> I know. When I tell them Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, I had to tell them it wasn't a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> but that's wonderful. And um, so, to uh, to find out more information, someone would check the website, which is uh, we have uh, HelenKellerBirthplace.org. Okay. And uh, of course, you can always call us in, uh, here in Tuscumbia at Ivy Green. We're happy to answer questions. And uh, uh, when you come and tour the home, that also includes seeing the famous pump, which is still outside. 
I know everybody loves the pump. What and else do you have outside that I was noticing? Well, we have the original kitchen and cook's bedroom. Okay. We have uh, not only the pump, but we do have an ice house. Now, the ice house was built back in 2009. Uh, the Kellers would have had an ice house. And we like for children to understand how they had to gather sure. ice in the winter and store it in the ice house. That was a refrigerator for the for well, that the was quite the luxury too. It was. Um, you had to have the storage space and then um, that's right. And the equipment to yeah. cut the ice. Exactly. Haul it to the ice yeah. house. Yeah. And then you get to have an ice in Alabama. In that's the early true. 1900s. That's true. And they said it would last for months. Of course, they would have thick layers of shavings and sawdust between the layers and wow. over the whole thing to insulate it. So. I'll be sure to get some pictures. Okay. <laughs> and then you get to look into the little cottage, and uh, there uh, you see from the front door and the side door everything. It's all original. It's really like stepping back in time. And uh, that's where Helen was actually born uh, because uh, Captain Keller had married his second wife. His first wife had passed away, and he turned the little cottage into their bridal suite. Okay. So Helen was born out there. But also, that's where Annie uh, would take her to uh, teach her and uh, get control of the behavior. Yeah. <laughs> Discipline. That's right. That's right. Uh, the family did not know how to teach a blind and deaf child, and uh, Helen pretty much uh, got away with the lot. I think <laughs> she ruled the roof. She right? did. That she did. I thought she ruled the household. My grandparents would have said that. <laughs> I've heard that too. <laughs> well, that's just wonderful. And um, so, is there anything else you'd like to share? Well, uh, you. You can explore the whole 10 acres that we have. Uh, one thing we have also is the Lions Club Walk. The Lions Club is the largest service organization in the world, and their main uh, thing is helping people who have vision problems. And all of them, it's all because of Helen Keller. She went to their convention in Ohio, and she spoke to the uh, Lions Club and challenged them to be the Knights of the Blind. So they took up the challenge, and all over the world, that's what they do to help people with vision problems. That's wonderful. Uh, the Lions Club Walk, uh, it has memorials that were sent from different countries. They're labeled, and uh, it has uh, different, different Lions Clubs come and put up their little banner in the case. Sure. And there is a DVD that they made. It is not Helen, but it is Helen's speech. It is a reenactment of her challenge to the Lions Club. So that people know why they do what they do. Okay, you're a smart lady. Really, you know, uh, really. you can lead, but you got to have a good team behind them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know? So good for her um, for for getting that support and um, encouragement and and continuity. Like, that's right. Even after she's gone, that that uh, it just keep, to it keeps on going. Yeah, that's right. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for uh, being here today with Travel with Wendy, and I really appreciate uh, your time and uh, taking us on a walk through Ivy Green. Well, you're welcome. And, uh, thank you for being here with Talking Travel with Wendy. You are welcome. Thank you for coming.